If we're not reading the Bible through Jesus and we're taking everything as equal and giving everything uh, the same weight and taking it at its face value, the Bible's an incoherent text. How can you say, listen to the cries of the poor without looking at what makes them poor? You don't have to believe certain things to be part. The irony is that you can be pro-guns, pro-death penalty, pro-military, anti-environment, and still say you're pro-life. But people get really uncomfortable. It's like they want to have their religion and they want to have their porn. They want to do both. I don't think any form of Christianity deserves to survive and thrive if it doesn't come to terms with the racism of our past. When we really tell the story of Jesus, we find a God who comes to the point where it has all collapsed. If a good teacher is to get a student to get the right answers on the test, and if Jesus was supposed to get us to get the right answer for when we die, then can we just be honest and say, not a good teacher? Hey, welcome everyone to Jesus Never Ran. Always great to be with you. Of course, this episode, as well as most of the Jesus Never Ran episodes, are sponsored by Angie Niska with Rise Nutrition. You can find them at Rise Menominee on Facebook. And if you go to the show notes, you can get your free wellness profile by clicking the link there. That's Rise Nutrition with Angie Niska. Again, that's Rise Menominee. Rise is with a Z. I love when this happens. We had another listener reach out to me and say, you've got to get this person on the podcast. Introduced me to a young man, young pastor down in Florida of Heartway Church. So today on the show, by special request, Danny Prada. I am a guy who started a church six years ago. And as I started this church, I lost my faith. And so sometimes... (laughs) I would have to preach on Sunday and Wednesday, Thursday, I was questioning if God exists or if religion was even useful to me. (laughs) That's a question I still wrestle with though. And I have gone through a extensive journey of deconstructing Christianity. And I have also gone through a journey of making it my own. And now my wife and I, through this community Heartway, help a lot of people who are spiritual but not religious or who are Christian but are kind of also going through their own deconstruction and want to reconfigure some things about their faith. And that's how we do it. That's what we do. Back me up one second there. Did I hear you right when you were saying that you started the church and then after that you kind of had this huge crisis of faith? Oh yeah, 2015 when we uh, started kind of gathering as a community, I was a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. I had just graduated from Southern Baptist Theological Seminary with an MDiv. And the funds, actually a lot of the funds that we received, which I'm grateful (laughs) that it all happened the way that it did because there's nowhere to get funds now. But a lot of the funds that we received to get started came from the Southern Baptist world and from some reform circles that I was connected to. So to go from there to here, wherever here is, I guess, you know, we consider ourselves a contemplative community. That's a big leap. You know, our church has gone through, through a lot of evolving and a lot of iterations, and that has stemmed from the evolution that has been happening in my soul as I've 
just been trying to make sense of my existence. No small feat there. <laughs> just, right. just trying to make sense of your existence. Right. Back me up even farther now. Tell us a little bit about what you grew up in and yeah. then maybe where you went before you came to the space where you're at now. Yeah. So I, I was born and raised here in South Florida and I was a church boy my whole life. My f- father's father was a pastor and they were big time in the charismatic Pentecostal world. So just going to church, you know, every week was just a mandatory thing. It, it's funny because growing up, like if I would have friends uh, sleep over my house, my parents, mostly my dad would say, hey, they can sleep over on Saturday only if they go to church with us on Sunday. That's the rule. And when I moved out of my house, my parents' house to go to college, when I moved out of the house, I was like, yes, freedom. I'm not underneath my parents' rules anymore, and I can just do whatever I want. And uh, my parents were paying for my dorm. And my dad said, listen, since I'm paying for your dorm, the only way you're going to be able to live there is if you go to church every Sunday and if you go to the college group at church. So that was kind of like my upbringing. And I feel like I had, I had just enough religion to always feel guilty and ashamed about everything that I did, you know? So during that first college years, when I really just wanted to explore myself and just party and do whatever I wanted to do very quickly, all of that abruptly changed because I met some young men on the college campus who were pretty passionate about their Jesus stuff. And for some reason, it just tugged me. It touched me that they were so committed. You know, I used to always say when I'm, when I'm an old guy or when I have a family, then I'll be religious so my kids can grow up in a moral home. I appreciated that I had some sense of morality in my upbringing, you know, saved me from a lot of trouble. So I was like, when I'm, when I'm older, then I'll do the Christian thing. But for now, I'm going to just do whatever I want. And so I met these young guys and they were so passionate and they were my same age. I was like, man, what's going on here? Long story short, I ended up connecting with them. I started diving deep into my faith and Christianity. And then from there, I kind of transferred to another school, started studying theology. I got ordained when I was 21. I'm 31 right now. So it's been like just my whole adult life doing this. So that's also been interesting too. You know, like you put so much time, so much energy. I mean, I'm about to graduate with a doctorate from Fuller Theological Seminary. And it's like, I'm not sure if religion is the most effective tool that I can use to get the message that I'm seeking to get out there into the world. But for now, this is where I am and this is what I'm doing. And so I want to, I want to use religion to help people get rid of religion. Sounds great. What is that message that you, Danny Prada, are trying to get out to the world that you're unsure if religion is the best platform for? Well, you know, for me, like what I'm interested in is the art of living. Christianity as like a system of beliefs is just not useful to me at all. So in a sense, I feel like I'm, I've become the ultimate pragmatist. What works and what doesn't? And how can I free myself and liberate myself from the self-imposed suffering that comes from the judgments and belief systems that I hold to? and the expectations and demands that I make on life. And so I guess if I can summarize what this message is, it would be, it would be a message of surrender, a message of, of letting go, a message of love, and how that impacts the way that I relate to self and all of life. 
Yeah, it's an interesting place that we're now at historically in relation to spirituality because there's so many people that I interview and run into and so many friends of mine that are in that exact same space. There's this thing within so many of us that has a lot of commonalities, but Mm -hmm. the way that we want to take that from our hearts and our minds and bring that into the world is kind of the big question mark right now. So it's a really exciting time to be a part of it, to watch all of these people trying these different avenues to to if we can, you know, breathe some life and love into this world in a new way. And there's so many ways to do that. You know, that's why like some people go through this deconstruction journey and, and they stay in their religious tribe. Other people don't. And either way, like it's, it's, um, it's beautiful to see what flowers from this self-inquiry and, and constant uh, curiosity towards life. That's, that's what I'm all about. And, and that, that's a never-ending journey for me. I, I just kept asking questions, kept asking questions until I had no more use for answers. I just became okay with no answers, no finality. Life is inconclusive. So why would I ever arrive at final conclusions? Now, when I hop on Heartway's website, it says that you are a contemplative spiritual community centered on love. Now, Danny, I've been interested in contemplative community, contemplative prayer for a long time. And I've got some friends that are very much in that space as well. And I know this is just an audio podcast, so people can't see you, but you don't fit the mold, man. (laughs) I love it. That was one of the things I was so excited about when I hopped on. He's part of, what's he doing? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a Miami boy through and through, you know, and I, I, I go to the gym. I just came back from the gym. You know, I, I, I definitely don't look the part, but my heart, my heart is there. So where did that come from? For me, it's this experience of joy and peace that I've been able to arrive to as a, as a result of truly living in and through love is inexpressible. This is, is, is beyond words. It's beyond concepts. The words and the concepts only point people to the essence of what I'm talking about, which is a way of seeing reality. I am a lover of reality. For me to love God means to love reality in in its totality, in its wholeness. Not just the good, but the bad. Not just the pretty, but the ugly. Because this is a world where both polarities are present. And so to come to accept life as it is has, has brought to me so much, so much peace. And so it is through this letting go through acquiring this inner stillness that I have come to be able to see the world as I do. And so that's kind of what led me to, to contemplation, to the mystical stream of Christianity, to, you know, the, the perennial wisdom that you find, not just within Christianity, but, but everywhere. This is, it, it's universal human knowledge that, that comes in many different forms. Now, just to give the listeners of this show an idea of at least a way that you live that out in the context of your church, I was able to hop on and watch a couple of the Sunday morning gatherings that you have. And at first, it feels a little bit like, you know, a normal church that you would see. You've got some great yep. music up front. There's some uh, a message laced in there and you're, you're a great speaker. But then here's the part that gave me great pause and excitement. And I looked at it and it was 12, 13, 14 minutes of time where a gentleman comes up front, sits in a chair and takes your whole community through a contemplative prayer 
practice. Share a little with me how that came about and honestly, what has been the response of your community to that? Yeah. So in 2019 uh, is when we really made this shift towards becoming a contemplative community. And so we we did something called Heartway 2.0. And this was just, just a total revamp. You know, for a while after I left the evangelical bubble I was in, I kind of, I kind of just went to that other side of, of progressivism and I learned a lot and I, I carry a lot with me from, from my time in those circles and in those conversations. Nevertheless, I still was able to recognize blind spots within myself when I moved from right to left. And I noticed and paid attention to the way that I was treating other people who did not agree with me or who saw things differently than I did. I recognized a lot of the, the anger that I still held towards people in the previous camp that I was connected to. And I knew that there was still more work that needed to be done, that, that heart work, that inner work. And I feel like as I, as I began to heal from my own religious trauma and my own anger towards the Christianity that I knew and that was handed down to me, my, my tone began to change. My attitude began to change. My perception began to change. And, and I knew that I was, I was moving into something deeper than, than just left versus right. And that's what really uh, helped me to find this third way of love that both includes the right and the left while also transcending them. And giving and presenting new possibilities and opportunities of how to be in this world. And so the church went on this journey with me, you know, so Heartway 2.0 was this shift from a more progressive identity to a contemplative one. And so in September of 2019, that's when we started incorporating centering prayer and we call it centering prayer so that it's less threatening or odd to, to people who, who come to our community that are a little more Christian-y. It's not exactly centering prayer in the way that most people understand it as it was taught by Thomas Keating and others, but we call it centering prayer. It's more of like a guided meditation. And I've mentioned to our community before that for me, more important than any words that I may speak or that anyone from the stage speaks, this is the heart and soul of what we're doing. Because it is in that moment that we're, we're descending from the mind into the heart. And God is becoming an experiential reality to us in stillness, in silence, in awareness. And so we practice. We practice this every week with the intention of helping people to see that meditation is not just a moment. This is a way of life. And what we come to discover about ourselves in that 10 minute span of just sitting and letting go and being is what we can bring into every moment of our life. You know, because in meditation, when you're, when you're just sitting, there's, there's no purpose to that. You're just being, you know, and and thoughts and feelings arise in your mind and you're not clinging to anything. You're not resisting anything. You're just the space for all of it. And so in a lot of ways, My message is just be, just be. 
religion, society, culture, family has put all these expectations on us about who we are supposed to be. And we spend all of our lives trying to be something that we're not. Even sometimes trying to be spiritual. Let go of all these ideas of who you think you're supposed to be and just be who and what you are. And that is really like the whole thing. that you talked about this pendulum the some of the circles i'm in talk about that a lot because we're over here and almost every time no matter what you're talking about when you move from one space to the other the pendulum almost always swings too far and i think right. maybe that's out of necessity because sometimes you have to go yeah. over there to get yeah. in the center or get to where you're ultimately going so i don't look at that as a negative thing mm -hmm. but it's an important reality because one of the things that I'm seeing in this deconstruction space that a lot of podcasts are involved with, a lot of people are engaged with, is there's definitely a feeling that now we just have a new enemy. The enemy used to be this, yeah. now the enemy yes. is that. And yeah. I feel that there's a sense of just as much angst, just in mm -hmm. a different way. Although questions, deconstruction, all of that, obviously based on this podcast, are extremely helpful we do have to figure out how to go about this in a way that brings yes. joy, peace, love to the world and to ourselves as, yes. as well. Until I see myself in my enemy, my work is not done. You know, that, that's the whole problem is that we see enemies. When you allow your ego to dissolve into love, there is no more enemy. There is no more us versus them. There is no more self and other. There's just what is and that is the the experience of life that we are helping people sink into the centering prayer is definitely one piece of what you're doing that's unique but it's not the totality of what is special about you and your community we used to be a part of this thing where knowledge and capital t truth was what it was all about certainty yeah. all of that and you do not throw out theology. You do not throw out great conversations, but you allow it to simply be that. You can come to Heartway Church and you can believe a myriad of different things. Yes. And those, as I think you even say it on your website, those are secondary. They're not the primary thing. What's primary yes. is the conversation and the loving commitment yes. to one another. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's people from all sides of the spectrum at Heartway. There's you, we've still got super Christian people at the at Heartway, and we've got others who are just hanging on by a thread, and we've got a bunch of yogis who come to Heartway who, who have like a Catholic background. They're like, oh my God, I love this. I love that I can like re-inhabit that language and those symbols and, and recover them and still be able to express my spirituality in this way. Absolutely. I took this from Buddha who literally was just not interested in anything metaphysical. You can believe all the right things and still be a jerk, you know? So I'm trying to get people to unravel themselves from what they think is true because our thoughts are very limited and capital T truth, like you're saying, is not something that could be captured by the mind. It is beyond mind. It is beyond thought. It is beyond words. It is beyond concept. And the reality of it is, for human beings, at the level of the intellect, truth is relative. What I say is truth is different than what you say is truth. And it's different than what the other person says is truth. So what's true? 
You have your reasons for believing what you think is true. They have their reasons for believing that that is true. So what is truth? I'm trying to get people to unravel their truth or supposed truth. What's really interesting to me is not knowing anything. That is what I know. What I know is that I don't know. And in that, I have found my greatest security and comfort. Which is crazy when you say it out loud, because again, we're coming from this construct that we are certain about that we're going to go to heaven or whatever. There's so many things that we're taught that you need to believe this for certain. When we get to a space like you're talking about, that certainty has a complete different definition that I have found in my own life that it brings a much better sense of awareness, a much better sense of peace uh, and wholeness by not having to believe the right thing about a certain area of life or spirituality or God for crying out loud. Yeah. And the reality of it is like, I am certain I have, I have 100% certainty and my 100% certainty is that I am uncertain. (laughs) That's perfect. Well said. Now, speaking of that, so again, you do a message. It's probably a 20, 30 minute message during your services. And most of us are used to a pastor or a priest or somebody coming up front and doing a similar type of thing, telling us what is true, what is right, and what isn't right, right, or how we should or shouldn't interpret the Bible. Somebody went straight from an evangelical setting into your church community. They see you get up front. They're going to naturally assume that you're up there to tell them what's right and what's wrong. You don't do that. So what is your approach when you're up there? It's like like the Sufi mystic Rumi put it. He's like, beyond ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I'll go and meet you there. And you're right. I've, I, you don't know how many conversations I've had with people who are like, Danny, I mean, I don't know if this is going to work. People come to church expecting you to tell them what to believe. And then when you basically put a big question mark in front of everybody, first you scare half the people off and that happens. <laughs> and then the other folks are like trying to find something to hold on to and there's nothing to hold on to. And even my mother the other day, she was like, man, I'm just so confused. And I said, good. I used to feel bad about it. I used to feel bad that I was taking people through this, you know, uh, process of undoing their beliefs because I know how torturous it really was in a sense for me, you know, to have your idea of what reality is stripped from you is, uh, it's an identity crisis. It's an identity crisis. That's a great way to put it. But the only way to get to resurrection is through crucifixion. The only way to life is through death. If you want to find yourself, you got to lose yourself. And so that's all this is. I'm doing what Jesus was doing in my mind. When people talk about deconstructing religion or deconstructing their faith, like that was level one for me. After I deconstructed Christianity, now I I had to start deconstructing my very sense of self. That's when it got interesting. You know, when I started exploring the question, who am I and who is God? What is, what is God? The only foundation is no foundation. And we try and hold on and cling to things that are empty. And so I'm just telling people, let go, let go and free fall into the love of God. I love this quote from the German mystic Meister Eckhart. He's like, give your all to God and then worry no more about what he does with what is his. 
the biggest challenge that a lot of people are going to have and that are having is they're trying so hard to hold on to something that was never meant to be held on to. And we talk about words like mystic that comes, you know, that's, that's all about mystery. When we talk about the wonder of God, how would we ever expect to have any sort of handle on the divine reality of the universe? Why would we in our finite minds ever think we can even get close to that? And what's crazy is like, if you say this now as a Christian, it's considered like crazy and unorthodox and heretical, but this is very Christian. This is deeply Christian. Right. The confusion that is in a lot of people's minds is they assume what they were encouraged to understand or believe in this modern construct of Christianity or organized Christianity. A lot of people assume that's just how it's always been. But this, especially evangelical Christianity, is brand new. That's what's new. Yes. Yeah, that's very, very new. Yet a lot of people who have been engulfed in that believe that to be the end-all be-all. When you don't have to look very far back in history to find some of these heretical concepts that you talk about being taught as the truth. And when you go back far enough, you almost can sense that it's the norm. And then you start reading Jesus teachings and you start reading the gospels and you start understanding oh, yes. that that's what he was talking about yep. because he never was trying to get across the idea that we should have the right answers. He always left people just sitting out there in wonder, sitting out there with questions. And I think that's yeah. what we have to grab. I mean, it, it's fascinating when you really study the life of Jesus to see how often he responded to questions with more questions and just left it in the air. Yes. And that's such an Eastern thing to do, which makes sense based on where right. he was even in the right. world. Right. 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 So one question I ask everybody is in the midst of the things that we've gone through, especially this last couple of years, whether that be the pandemic, whether that be the political unrest that we've seen, the racism we've seen in our culture, not, I mean, the racism that's been exposed, I should say, in our culture, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's really easy to look around and lose all sense of hope. So as somebody who deeply cares about love, who deeply cares about Jesus, who deeply cares about community, where is it that you are seeing hope in this challenging reality that we're living in? Well, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. I don't have an answer for that. I will tell you that as the world inside me has become transformed, so has the world I see. And so that, that is what I think the hope is, that more and more people will, will wake up to themselves. And I do think that social reform begins with self-reform. And so if there's a racism problem, I got to make sure I extract that racism from within myself. If there's a war problem, my responsibility is to take care of the war within myself. If there's an oppression problem, I've got to make sure I deal with the ways that I oppress myself and others. That's all I have control over. I can't change anybody else. So when I look out at the world, I don't know how much hope I have because, you know, I feel like everything is just a cycle and human beings have been doing this for a really long time and we will continue doing this for a really long time and there will be a lot of mess. I mean, you know, when I'm scrolling Instagram now, like today, yesterday, and I see pictures in in Israel and Palestine of, of missiles, there's kids looking outside of their window right now. And they're seeing missiles in the air. 
And then they're seeing friends of theirs dying. I'm dead to this world. I'm concerned with the world in here. That's where my focus is. That's where my hope is, is that as, as my internal world becomes brighter, that light will shine everywhere I go. And that light will shine into the lives of every person that I meet. Trying to fix the world, change the world is a, is a daunting task. I don't know how effective it is. I go about doing it by changing myself. And I invite other people to do the same. When there's things to speak up about, let's speak up about it. You know, when there's injustices to address, let's address them. Let's not skirt around the issues. Let's talk about it. That for me is, is the way. Special thanks to Danny Prada for joining me today on this episode of Jesus Never End. Make sure that you check him out at heartwaychurch.com. Watch a whole service. I think you'll really love it. Again, that's heartwaychurch.com. Check out Danny as well on whatever social media platform is your main one. Just look up Danny Prada and you'll find him. And of course, if you want to support this podcast, you can follow us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe to us everywhere else, write a review, and give us a five-star rating. Until next time, keep walking.